This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Huge Twins news today. The reigning American League batting champ, Luis Sarai, is traded to the Miami Marlins for pitcher Pablo Lopez and a couple of minor leaguers. And there's been a a wide range of opinions on this move today. Uh, Some Twins fans, uh, we we heard from them earlier in the program, not happy. Others are kind of like, Hey, it improves the Twins' pitching staff, something they desperately needed. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out in 23 and beyond. Uh, to tell us the story is Doe Young Park covers the Twins for MLB.com. And Doe, good to visit with you. Thanks for the time and what turned out to be a very busy day. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly the kind of trade that uh, we haven't really seen before, not just from the Twins, but around baseball. I think one thing that was really striking to me in the immediate aftermath was uh, my talented colleague, Sarah Langs, on the stats side. She pointed out uh, that this is the first time a reigning American League, uh, not just American League, just a reigning batting champion has been traded away in the following offseason uh, in 45 years. Uh, the last time that happened was also the Twins, believe it or not, back in uh, 1979 when they yeah. dealt uh, when they dealt uh, Rod Carew to the Angels. Completely different circumstances there, but uh, it's interesting that uh, Carew is the guy that Arise has been compared to for so long around these parts, and uh, they're always going to be tied together in kind of a baseball history tidbit like that now. Yeah, and as the season unraveled late in 22, the Arise story was still something that kept Twins fans interested because it was such a good story, such a good guy, a, a fan favorite, if you will, pursuing a batting championship. And and then of course we had Aaron Judge fighting for that batting title as well, and the the home runs and all of that sort of thing. It it, it really was a fun story, and what turned out to be a disappointing end to a Twins season. It really it really was, and I think he's going to he's been a fan favorite in Minneapolis for really good reason. Um, I think I think there there's obviously the element to that uh, the the batting title and preventing Aaron Judge from winning the Triple Crown and everything like that. But, I mean, he's everything that a fan of baseball wants to root for. I think fans that kind of miss the old game or the aesthetics of the old game can look at Luis Arise as a way, as a guy that makes kind of that paradigm of ball players still succeed in the modern game. I think others can look at the personality, the mannerisms, just the joy that he brought to the field all the time. He's just a really easy guy to root for, and he has been since he came up in 2019 and uh, really uh, came out of nowhere that year to establish himself as one of the, as uh, one of the guys to watch on the twins. And he really did take that step forward last year too. It's a, it's a tough trade. I do understand that um, emotionally for a lot of fans out there. Yeah, for sure. The the twins get 
uh, a player in Pablo Lopez who's put up good numbers. And and to get something, you have to give something up. The Twins give up a lot, and uh, the reigning batting champ. But uh, the Marlins gave up something as well. Uh, th- th- this big right-hander is, is well thought of around the game. Yeah, Pablo Lopez is a highly regarded guy. I mean, you get the sense that the Twins don't feel like he's fully – really scratch the surface of what he's capable of. I see a, see a lot of people out there kind of uh, pointing to the pointing to the shaky second half last year or, uh, you know, the career ERAs, I think, in the 3-9 range, but he's really taken a step forward in the last three seasons. And last year is particularly significant for Pablo Lopez in that that was the first year of his career where he kind of was able to put the arm issues that he's had behind him and pitch a full 32 starts. Um, and I think the Twins really feel like they can they can build on that. He's a guy that they've targeted for a long time. Um, that's something that was brought up today is that the Twins have had their focus on Pablo Lopez, and the Marlins have had their focus on Luis Arise. And then uh, stuff around the periphery of the deal, the extra pieces, the structure of the deal, uh, that finally kind of came together to make this deal happen. But for the Twins, they were looking for another high-end pitcher. And uh, it might not be the ace that uh, fans were really kind of clamoring for, those ace pitchers, there's only a handful of them in the game. They're extremely hard to come by, yeah. and uh, they're extremely, extremely expensive trade-wise. Um, I think the Twins were in a position where this is the time where they could sell high on Luis Arise coming off that batting title. Um, there's some uncertainty about, you know, obviously the health has always been there with the knees. The defensive fit um, was always going to be a question with him and will continue to be moving forward in his career, I think. And um, I think they got a very solid pitcher that'll slot into the top end of their rotation. That's what Derek Salvi has said today. Um, and also a, a prospect that should easily slot into their top 10 and Jose Salas, the guy that they're extremely excited about as well. So, yeah, like you said, uh, to, to, get some, to get something, you've got to give something back. And uh, it, was, it was a steep cost, but the Twins feel really strongly that Pablo Lopez is the guy that they want around. Not just this year, but he's also controllable through next year, which is a big deal when a couple of the guys in the current rotation enter free agency. Young Park joins us, covers the Twins for MLB.com, and joins us here on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, you, you sent out a tweet a little bit earlier, uh, kind of penciling in the rotation. The one thing coming out of 22 uh, with, with Ken Maeda coming back into the mix and and Joe Ryan Bailey Ober uh, showed that he was healthy at the end of the season, and and the other pitchers Sonny Gray, uh, Tyler Malley in the mix for the Minnesota Twins that they have uh, starting pitching depth now that we 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 haven't seen, and and that's a good position to be in. I'm gonna say this is the best and deepest twin starting rotation that I can certainly remember. I cannot remember one that had uh, this level of depth. Again, I think I see a lot of fans pointing out there's no, like, Johan Santana or Justin Verlander or Jacob DeGrom, like, ace in that group. But, again, so few of those guys in the league. And uh, when you're the Minnesota Twins, and especially coming off a year like 2022 where the injuries played such a big role as they did, and you got guys like Gray, Malley, Ober, Maeda coming off the Tommy John, you know, a lot of guys with injury questions of their own. So I think – this has been something that the front office has done, but they've really emphasized depth. Um, they've really emphasized the idea of, okay, when you pitchers are risky, pitchers are just risky propositions in the modern game. Guys are throwing harder than they have before. 
guys are throwing max effort every pitch in a way that they haven't before. Uh, and pitchers get hurt. And I think um, this is a way where you're not overly reliant, overly reliant on maybe one ace caliber guy on maybe two top of the line guys where you're going five, maybe six, maybe eventually seven deep in this rotation of guys that you trust handing the ball to. You're in a place now where Bailey Ober, who came back and pitched to a barely above three ERA last year, doesn't have a spot in the starting rotation right now. That's tough for Bailey Ober, but we saw last year that injuries will happen. Injuries do happen. The Twins have an injury-prone starting rotation, and you're trying to build as much of a floor, as high of a floor into that as possible. And uh, Pablo Lopez does that and as well, brings up the upside as well. He's the National League Pitcher of the Month from last April. He had like a 0-3 ERA last April. He holds the Major League record for most strikeouts in a row to start a game. He's got upside, and they think they can unlock some of that. Yeah, and then with, with the rise moving on, you know, what what does uh, the day-in, day-out lineup, and we, we know with, with day, built-in days off, it, it, it's pretty rare in a given week of ball games to see the same lineup you know, even three times. But what what do you think this this infield, this outfield looks like projected right now uh, for the Minnesota Twins? Carlos Correa, Jorge Polanco uh, up the middle. Uh, but first base, third base, how, how are they going to mix and match uh, in those spots on the infield at, at this moment in time? I don't know that there's much mix and mas- mixing and matching to be done there, honestly. I do think we're going to see that stabilize pretty considerably this year to an extent. Um, they're obviously still going to look at lefty-ready matchups, but I think this is an indication that they feel very good about where Alex Kirilov is going into this season. Um, every indication is that he is swinging without problem right now. He's swinging with confidence. He's a guy they've always trusted in. And uh, in my mind, he's the, he's the first baseman. I mean, they've shown that they are willing to use him against righties. They're willing to use him against lefties. Jose Miranda, that moves him to be the everyday third baseman. And uh, Miranda said that's where he's more comfortable. The Twins have said that's where they want to be more consistently playing him right now. And I think this opens up an opportunity for that. you got Kyle Farmer still bouncing around the infield, able to uh, presume slot into third with Miranda moving to first when Kirilov needs a day off or when they want to get more right-handed. Then in the outfield, you got Joey Gallo in left field. you got Max Kepler in right field. And, uh, I think, I think a lot of these pieces start to fit a little more neatly together. I think there's um, probably a chance for some more uh, right, for maybe a little more right-handed help if the Twins are still looking. Um, but right now the infield picture is cleaned up. And then that's not even to mention Edouard Julian, one of their top prospects, who had a monster 2022. His skill set overlaps pretty considerably. He's not, he's not exactly a Luis Arise type average guy, but he gets on base at an insane rate. He plays, uh, he's left-handed. He plays a lot of the same positions that Arise would, first base, second base, and he's going to be up at some point this season. And uh, I think they feel pretty strongly about that guy, too. And I think that's also something that kind of paved the path for this deal to happen. Yeah, and there, there's, there's also, you know, kids uh, climbing the ladder in, in the minor leagues as well that could be a factor in, in 23. Uh one one that comes to mind is uh, at, at some point seeing Royce Lewis return uh, in in twenty three is is that realistic at at some point he'll, he'll see some game action. Yeah, I think they're looking at Royce Lewis in the second half of the season yep. toward the end of the summer. It's again tough to know what you're going to expect because he's a guy that uh, hasn't spent a ton of time at AAA. I think he did get rushed up to the big leagues a little bit. Obviously, he performed um, and he per- he's performed well. Uh, but 
He still lost a lot of live reps because of the first torn ACL because of COVID season. He's lost a lot of reps during this uh, second torn ACL. And obviously, he's the most talented and hardworking guy you'll see. Um, but there's still a lot of uncertainty around that. I think it's the same thing with Austin Martin, where he hasn't had a linear progression to the big leagues. But this is kind of the, a big year for him, where he's going to presumably see a lot of action in AAA, maybe get a taste of the big league. But you're right in that there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of infield-type prospects coming up, and that's not to mention Brooks Lee, who's uh, probably right. going to be hanging around the high minors this year too. So it's a lot of options there. It's going to get busy at some point. It could get busy at some point. They'll have depth up there. And, again, uh, they emphasize that they feel pretty good about their depth on the position player side and especially in the infield. And I think uh, that's what, again, paved the path for this deal to happen. Yeah, so uh, Luis Harai is headed to the Miami Marlins. Uh, for right-handed pitcher Pablo Lopez and a couple of minor leaguers. And we really kind of begin the big push. Uh, Twins Winter Caravan, Twins Fest a week uh, from tomorrow at Target Field. Kind of a a big build-up. And then that countdown to, to pitchers and catchers reporting in Fort Myers. And, you know, to, to be a beat writer, that, that, that's got to be a good feeling. That, that That's coming up quickly, though. Uh, it's when the blood gets pumping a little bit, and I think yeah, right. uh, you know the Diamond Awards are coming up. The first, uh, the first one in person that we've had since the pandemic started. Obviously, That's I know right. everybody's chomping at the bit to get back out to Twins Fest and the caravans back too. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a big time, I think, to capitalize on kind of the excitement of Correa coming back to the Twins and to just kind of capture that uh, that off season baseball fervor and just kind of how how people how people bond around the Twins. I think. Uh, been a couple of years since they've been able to capture that in full during the off season and it's uh, just about that time now yeah and, and i was wondering and, I, and i'm sure you thought about this as well um as the korea thing played out didn't work out with the giants ultimately didn't work out with the mets and uh he and his agent were able to hammer something out with the minnesota twins and he comes back do you think and and this is just pure speculating that that potentially open the door for the twins to say all right we got a career at shortstop we we made our really big move now we feel more comfortable uh dealing a rise to the marlins and in picking up lopez or do you think this deal with the marlins happens either way you know it's it's interesting because i think the Correa deal did change the tenor of the offseason considerably. It's a deal that they didn't think they would have had access to uh, for much of the off season. And I think a large part of the comfort that they have around the infield does center around Carlos Correa, the long-term anchor there for six years. Um, speculation wise, you know, I, I don't know that, uh, that this, that the twins are as readily willing um, to, and again, that's purely speculative, but sure. um Losing both Carlos Correa and Luis Arias uh, during a single off season, yeah. uh, when you've already lost Gio Urshela, uh, it, 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 one of the more consistent hitters you've had, that's uh, that's a lot of burden for the offense to bear, even in the name of pitching. Um, so I think you, this is something that you've seen in off seasons past too, where the Twins are reactive to what happens in the off season ahead of them, and this is something that I've heard is you know. They have a plan A and they have a plan B and they have a plan C and they have a plan D. But the plethora of plans that they have, they constantly swirl those and they constantly adapt those to what the picture of the offseason looks like. I mean, even to the point where last year it was uh, 24 hours before opening day and they swung a trade to move Taylor Rogers uh, 
to the to the San Diego Padres. They're opening day closer, presumably, to the San Diego Padres uh, on opening day. And so, uh, you know, they're always remaining adaptive. And I think the Correa deal did represent a seismic shift in what I think their potential could be this offseason in terms of yeah. really pushing them kind of back into the playoff margins and potentially the playoff picture. So I think it should make them more motivated than anything. And I think this move, again, really is a is a needle mover as well in that sense. Yeah, and uh, once again, some fans not happy. We heard from them uh, earlier, and I'm sure the Twins are, are hearing from the uh, Louise Harais fans. But uh, ultimately, uh, Pablo Lopez uh, appears to be the real deal and will be a nice add uh, to that rotation. Oh, always good to visit with you. appreciate your coverage at MLB.com, and you, you do a terrific job on the radio as well. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Steve. I appreciate you. Always good to hear your voice. All right, there he is, Doe Young Park, uh, covers the Twins for MLB.com, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. We will come back. We still have a lot more to come on the program tonight. Uh, Steve in for Henry. Henry was in earlier in the day, uh, sitting in for Chad Hartman uh, between 9 and noon here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Arise to the Marlins, Lopez to the Twins, along with a couple of minor leaguers and a lot of reaction to this and we, we had some reaction earlier we we opened up the lake show with that once again Stephen for henry tonight here on news talk a3o wcco um here's one from earlier one pitcher is not going to give us an update um they they don't think uh louis should have been traded um they, they went on to say in, in a way trading buxton would have been better uh Arias has played more games than Buxton. That that's true. Uh, Texture goes on to say, "My heart is broken. Um, if I go to Target Field, it will not be with the same enthusiasm as when Louis was a twin." So, yeah, popular guy, great story in 2022. But it all gets back to one thing: if if you have a big need, and that is more starting pitching, better starting pitching, better starting pitching depth. You're going to have to give something up, and they and they give up a rise, feeling like that that Kirilov, with that big surgery, maybe got the wrist right, and that that could add a ton over at first base. We all know what Miranda did. Miranda climbing the ladder had a big year. You don't think he's going to go away? You've got Correa settling in now. He's locked in in a Twins uniform, and and you have Polanco, who who at times. Has, has been a pretty good bat. And then it all gets back to, in my opinion, what are you going to get out of Byron Buxton this year? It still goes back to that thing. But I, I want to get your thoughts on a key point near the end of our chat with, with Doe Young Park from MLB.com. And, and I'm a big believer in this. If Carlo does, Carlos Correa doesn't come back around and end up with the Twins, there's no way they make this deal. That, that getting Correa back... Getting that anchor at shortstop allowed them to make this move. I think you saw a shift in aggressiveness by this front yep. office because I mean, let's be honest. And I mean, we were we've been on the air a few times together, Steve, saying this. I, I thought up to that point the it was a massive failure by this front office because they put all their eggs in the Carlos Correa basket. Well, fell through with the Giants. Fell through with the Mets. You cannot count on a scenario like that unfolding and just sit back and be the benefactors. Like that just 
you could play that scenario 100 times. That's going to happen once. And Agreed. they may have, you know, they're the, they're the beneficiaries of everything that, that went down. But once you get him back, absolutely, you're like, okay, we've got this big bat. We've got a guy that's committed to us for six years, which I think the length of the contract was perfect. I think the Twins, it sets up beautifully. Both sides get what they want. But now that you've got Correa, absolutely. Look at upgrading that starting pitching. Realize that you still have a gluttony of corner outfielders. And you know, with and I'm glad Doe went into, you know, talking about some of the kids that are going to be up, you know, sooner rather than later. They have got a, they're, they're dealing from a position of strength, right? And Luisa Rice was a known trade ship. But now this does kind of, you know, it, it does settle things out because, Alex Kirilov, to me, you're right. He is a huge question mark. If Alex Kirilov is healthy, he is absolutely – he can light the world on fire at first base. I mean, I, we have not even seen the best of Alex Kirilov well, if, that, and, if, that, if that wrist is healthy. And that's, that's a big, big if. And it, and it is. And you, you, you get the sense that maybe that surgery was kind of like, all right, we're going to go in, we're going to do this. And hopefully, because all the way along the line, the, this guy's a big-time talent and can swing the bat. Yeah. But, you know, is it going to work? So I think, you know, every A-B for Kirilov in spring training and beyond is going to be kind of hold your breath. Does it hold up? You know, yep. is, he, is he swinging with 100% confidence? Because that's a huge part of it. But I, I still, and, I, and I've said it now, it, it, it sounds crazy. What are you going to get out of Byron Buxton in 2023 is a gigantic question. Because when right, th- this guy He's a game is, changer. is a top five talent. major league talent. Yes. You uh, know, yeah, it, it do- a true five-tool guy when healthy. If he can stay on the field and he's available for 120 games, let's just settle on 120. Let's mm-hmm. not go crazy and say 130 or 140. 120 games out of Byron Buxton, um, that's a huge deal for this club. Yeah, this, the Twins, I feel right now, are in a very good position with a ton of talent. And they've got, they, they've got depth, like Doe said, with the pitching staff, but they've, they've still got plenty of depth because they've got a very strong farm system right now. And when you're adding that 19-year-old prospect that is instantly going to slide in to the top 10 at 19 years old, he was the Marlins' number five prospect. I mean, I, I don't know how we can't look at this and say that Carlos Correa, th- there's there's a domino effect because there's a confidence now. I, I think, you know, there's because the White Sox have not gotten any better. I mean, they lost Jose Abreu to the uh, Houston Astros. I mean, and, and you know, Cleveland, again, their strength is their pitching, and they're just Cleveland is a very well-rounded team, but it all boils down to health. If the Twins can stay healthy and you don't have to rely on that depth, I think they're going to be just fine, at least for yeah, the regular I, season. I, I just think it's going to be difficult for Cleveland to re- repeat what they did a year ago. Well, I mean, everything, the tw- tw- yeah. everything fell into place, and, and, I, and I like Tito. I think Terry Francona's a terrific manager. Did, did a great job with that club, and, and they have pitching. But 
you know, the Chicago White Sox, it, it was a nightmare. You know, can they bounce back? I, I think it's going to be a good, solid race atop this division. I don't think the Twins are going to run away and hide, but they're in a better position, I feel, right now. But it still gets back to, you know, a couple of key guys, Kirilov and Buxton. How much can they add in the middle of that lineup along with, uh, you know, Correa and Miranda are going to be really key pieces in that. Pitching depth, sure. And then what do they do in that bullpen to stabilize the bullpen? Sure, they've got a couple of power arms the way it looks at the back end of that bullpen, but you know maybe some of the depth in some of these kids are going to be able to step into the role and, and be the bridge guys, and and they'll get that bullpen right. Because... I can think. I can tell you what you got to do with the bullpen. Where number twelve is at, you keep him at CHS Field. Okay. Yeah. Don't let don't let twelve into Target Field. Like change the access code. You know, like deactivate the fob. Do something. Do not let Emilio Pagan in the ballpark. It will yeah. be fine. Leave him over in St. Paul. All right. That's Fair that's enough. my suggestion. I, you know, that's my that's what I would do. Are, are you are you going new Ron Davis territory? Oh, or man. Oh. Bring up RD. Man. Uh, quick break. Uh, we're going to talk weather. It looks quiet uh, for the weekend. Lo- looks quiet at least early in the week. A little colder late in the week. We'll have all that for you. And, and a whole lot more. Some Timberwolves, some wild chatter. A uh, little NFL playoff chatter before we say goodbye. Uh, Steven for Henry. It is the Lake Show here on CCO. Timberwolves idle. Uh, Tip of the cap to the Timberwolves. That was a good win over the Toronto Raptors last night. That that was an enjoyable victory, 128-126, and they're hanging in there. They're they're hanging in there. They get Houston, a team that they should absolutely positively beat every day of the week. Saturday night, Target Center, pregame 630 with Cal. Alan Horton with all the play-by-play just after 7 o'clock. Yeah, but we, we know how this team handles games that they should win. See Pistons, comma, Detroit, times dose. My friend, you can't lose to Houston you can't lose on a to the Saturday P- night at Target Center. You, you can't lose there, to the Pistons no. either, but you did. No, no. Tomorrow two times, two night, times, no. they, they can't lose that game tomorrow night. Because then they get Houston again on Monday. Don't threaten them with a good time because they'll tell you. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. You're... And then the water gets deeper Wednesday, New Orleans uh, at Smoothie King Arena. Ooh. In the Crescent City. Yeah. I've, I've heard Smoothie King's really decent. And then uh, the Grizz right back here on Friday night. But, but the point being is, you, you look at that Saturday night game, you absolutely positively <laughs> can't lose that game tomorrow. Steve, let me, let me introduce you to the 2022-2023 Minnesota yeah, Timberwolves, yeah, okay? I, I mean, I, I you, you, shouldn't, you should know the team that you're talking about. Now I'm on tomorrow <laughs> afternoon, and I'm going to say it all afternoon. The Timberwolves absolutely can't, positively can't lose that game. That is a win and cover uh, tomorrow night. Now, I want to get back to any other team other than the Wolves. It'd be an easy yeah. win and a cover, but I mean, this is, you know, talking about the Timberwolves. I love the Wolves, I do, but uh, oh, they, they, yeah. you know, I mean, they've they've 
they've kind of stunk against inferior opponents. And we'll say that that game against Toronto last night, yeah, Toronto's not good, but they play a physical brand of basketball that the Wolves kept getting punched in the mouth, and they kept coming back. So to me, I thought they showed, they, showed, they showed more grit last night and toughness than I think maybe they have all year. And that was maybe the most impressive thing that I took out of it. All right, one other thing on the Timberwolves real quick, and then I want to get to that weather question, and it is important. We love to talk about our weather in these Pressing parts. issues. Oh, yes, but yes. I, I'm getting to the point. I, I talked to a couple of guys that I, I work with and good sports fans, Tuck Twins, Timberwolves, Wild, uh, Vikings, Gophers, you name it. I mean, the, the, these people are tuned in. They're into it, and, it, and it's fun to talk sports with them. And – I, I, I'm starting to get to the point on Cat mm-hmm. where now I, I, I'm worried because you, you can not only see the all-star break in the, in the trade deadline from here, you can start to see the end of the regular season from here, and there is still no timetable for his return. Just a quick thought on that. I, I'm starting to get pretty worried about it. Yeah, I, I think yeah, about now. You know, when you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago and, you know, one thing we were kind of kicking around was the timeline for Cat. And because we hadn't heard anything, but it was kind of on the tail end of that four to six. Well, we haven't heard anything. And I oh. think, you know, not only that, I think one of the reasons we're hearing, and this kind of goes into the Cat thing, Steve, is Jordan McLaughlin has missed, I want to say, like 24 games because of a calf strain. Ant has missed like 28. And... To me, if they're both dealing with calf strains, I feel like you kind of have to look at one timeline and apply it somewhat to the other if we're not hearing anything from the team. And we haven't heard anything on Jordan McLaughlin. Yeah, which tells me that, number one, maybe the Wolves might be a player at the trade deadline looking to shore up that uh, the backcourt. But absolutely. And the, yeah. the, time that, the time that you have to get Cat acclimated – because, I mean, I think we're starting to figure out, especially Kyle Anderson, is showing everybody how to play with Rudy Gobert. You start to get that figured out, and then you got to add Ant, and guess what? Boom, playoffs. So I think th- there is there should be a little bit of trepidation on the part of Timberwolves fans that yeah. this you're going to add one more ingredient, and it might spoil the recipe. Yeah, and it's just the fact that here we are, for all practical purposes, at the end of January – and it's just mums the word on mm-hmm. on Cat and very Jordan McLaughlin yeah, at this nothing. point. Uh, back to that weather thing. Yes, I, I I've said this for a long time, and I, once upon a time, I, I I had a really long commute to my full time job from the northern edge of Hennepin County, almost all the way to the southern edge of Hennepin County, uh, down to Eden Prairie, where I had my full time job. I worked in Eden Prairie for 10 years. Company got sold, moved up to Brooklyn Park, which is a lot closer to where I live. So now my commute's a breeze, no problem. But I always said in the winter months that I would always prefer it a little cooler but the sun to be out than cloudy and 30. I would take sunny and 20 over cloudy mm-hmm. and 30 every day of the week. As long as, as long as there's no precipitation... With that cloudiness, I mean, if we're just talking about overcast, low-laying clouds. That's what we're going to have tomorrow. Cloudy, cloudy, right around 30 degrees. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. 
I'll I'll take cloudy and over sunny and twenty on Sunday. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd rather have the sun. I for for me, and this is a great weekend to do the comparison. Close to thirty Saturday, but cloudy. Sunday cooler, mm-hmm. sunny and twenty. If you had to pick, I take the sunny and twenty every day of the week. But are are would you rather? But see, I, I'm I'm talking if I if I have to go outside, I'd rather go outside where it's thirty rather than it's twenty because I like it a little bit warmer. But here's the thing, okay? Um, out scraping down the driveway or driving around, I I take the sun every time. That that that's just me. Um, and. You I don't know, like. I don't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I guess I don't like the glare. Like, if I don't have to have the glare of the sun off the snow, you gotta wear shades, my man. Hey, you know, future's so bright. I have to wear shades. <laughs> right. right. All right. Quick break. We want to come back. We want to talk little wild, uh, little NFL playoffs. Get back into that again. Take a look at the games. Some quick picks before we say goodnight here on the Lake Show. Here at News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Been a fun night tonight here on the Lake Show, filling in for Henry Lake. Henry was in earlier in the day for Chad Hartman. You can catch all of that uh, on the website, WCCRadio.com, on the free Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Same deal here tonight. Chris Tubbs, our producer, doing a great job. Tip of the cap to our guests. Joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, Chris Thomason covers the Vikes for the Pioneer Press. Doyon Park covers the Twins for MLB.com. Ed Donatel fired. Vikings defense coordinator. Certainly a big story and then a huge story today as Luis Horais traded to the Miami Marlins for pitcher Pablo Lopez and a couple of minor leaguers to the reigning AL batting champ. Headed for Miami. Some Twins fans upset about that. We'll, we'll see how it ultimately plays out. But uh, Arise, certainly uh, a great joy winning the batting title in 2022. Certainly fun to watch him hit. One other thing I wanted to bring up, the Wild in the middle of a road trip. And uh, Matt Dumba, could he be on the move? Uh, Wild uh, apparently planning to scratch Dumba for his second straight game on this road trip, Saturday in Florida, that's a 5 o'clock start. And then they close out the trip in Tampa Bay on Tuesday. So rumors continue to circulate that Matt Dumba will be on the block and could be moved sooner than later. I'll visit with Sarah McClellan, who covers the Wild for the Star Tribune uh, tomorrow afternoon ahead of the Timberwolves. And that uh, guaranteed win over the Houston Rockets. Tomorrow night at 6.30. All right, Chris, before we say goodbye, uh, kind of a lightning round look at the NFL playoffs. Again, one more time, chance to change your mind. Early Saturday, Jags in Kansas City to play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. How do you see it? Uh, Great googly moogly give me the chefs. Yeah, Kansas City rolls in that one. Saturday night game, you're not even going to watch. You're going to be in Delano doing something with yeah, the family. Yeah, that's going to be more interesting than watching the Eagles. I mean, I've, I've got money on the game. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I've, I've got Philadelphia. I, I mean, Daniel Jones is not Steve Young. Sorry. That was the Giants look like the 49ers of yep. the late 80s, early 90s because the Vikings were terrible. All right, Sunday, early game, CBS, Bengals-Bills from Buffalo. Uh, 
I, I, I'm going to jump in here. I think the Bills win, uh, but man, the, the the Bengals got something good. Their their O line's just too beat up. Yeah, and I'm going to go with the emotional factor as well. I'm very curious to see how this game kind of how it all shakes out. But yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo at home by a field goal. And then uh, finally, out in California, Cowboys 49ers. I like the Niners all the way. I, I, I think the Cowboys are going to look silly. I'm going to enjoy Jerry Jones in his suite uh, looking bummed out. I think we're looking at a team. <laughs> yeah, I, I, San Francisco to me is the best team in the NFC. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think they're. I, I think they'll they'll go in and beat Philly, especially if Jalen Hurts isn't a hundred percent. Chris, big thanks to you. A lot of fun. Always great to work with you. Uh, Henry's back next week. And uh, take care. Have a great weekend. I'll be in tomorrow afternoon here on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.